been a minute, but I make no apologies for it. Going through life transitions requires you to be incredibly gracious with yourself because adjustments are real. Which brings me to this week's episode. I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes peek at exactly what's been going on this past month. Go ahead, fill your tea mug, wine glass, or whiskey tumbler, and get comfortable. This is going to be a good one, y'all. just forgot to breathe? No, just me? Okay, y'all, seriously, I forget to breathe all the time. I hope I breath a lot. I'm sure that there is a therapy session in there somewhere, but I have moments where I actually forget to breathe. And listen, breath is life. (laughs) You have to breathe. I remember this was like, I don't know, early 2000s or something when Lindsay Lohan was sort of still popping and she got that tattoo on her wrist and it said breathe. And I remember watching an interview of her where she talked about why she got a tattoo that said breathe. And she's like, I have to remind myself to breathe. And at the time I was like, that's stupid because, you know, I make all kinds of judgments, (laughs) but I remember thinking that that was stupid. Fast forward to me today and I actually do forget to breathe like physically forget to breathe I hold my breath all the time but the crazy thing is is that I'm not aware that I'm doing it so I have asthma which makes that super stupid (laughs) I like hold my breath when I'm working out and my trainer was always telling me breathe breathe, breathe. And it wasn't because I wasn't like breathing properly. It was because your girl just was actually holding her breath like a dummy. So I don't know why I do that. And actually it's, it's funny because I, it's not, it's so subconscious for me. Like this is not a conscious thing that I am aware that I'm doing it. When I had my surgery back in September, and I was coming out of anesthesia. And I'm a person who has horrible reactions to anesthesia just in general. Doesn't matter what kind of anesthesia it is. Um, I take a really long time to wake up from anesthesia. And I am going to spend way more time in recovery than the average patient. That's just kind of like how my body works, you know, it does what it does. And I was waking up and I would have these moments of consciousness and I would hear the um, the doctor or the nurse, whoever it was, telling me, breathe. You're taking shallow breaths. You need to breathe. And then I would remember trying to breathe and then, of course, I would pass out again because anesthesia is a mother. <laughs> but this is actually something that I do all the time, like not breathing. So, Lusa. Your girl is working on her Wusa game because it is not tight. It's just, it's not tight. And that is, that has a lot to do with why I have been away from you guys for the past couple of weeks. Um, We're not, we're we're not counting. No one is counting. Don't, you know, no counting. Um, But I've had to really practice uh, what it means to give yourself grace. Uh, walking this out real time in real life because, man, one of the reasons that um, 
I've, you know, really just been, I've been trying to adjust the schedule. I'm going to be honest. Um, I started an awesome job. I think I've told you guys about that. And it is 100%. Honestly, like I'm, I love it. Um, so far, you know, honeymoon phase lasts for however long it does, but truthfully, I love my job. Um, it's exactly the move that I needed to make. It's perfectly aligned with who I am, what I'm good at, you know, what my giftings are, what I feel like I actually bring to the world. Um, and it's how I want to be spending my time. I've I can sense the places that I can have impact. Um, I absolutely, you know, feel validated in my gifts and my personhood, which is amazing and a drastic change from what I had before. Um, no shade, but, you know, keeping it real. So it's everything that I think that you want to have in a, a, a job experience when you make a transition. So it's it's super funny because um, just this past week, someone on my team called me a comms guru, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, you know how it's funny when you do something that is just actually your natural gifting, you do it without thinking about it. It is something that comes out of you the way breath is supposed to. <laughs> But it just comes natural. And while it might take other people, you know, significant amounts of time to, to process and to think through and to string things together, it's something that you can do um, almost as easily as, as you walk, right? It's, it's just such, it's like an appendage of who you are. Um, it's an extension of you. And I think that a lot of times we forget what that actually means. Like for you to be gifted at something means that you can do it without a lot of effort, but that doesn't mean that it is an effortless thing that you're doing because someone else is over there struggle. They are on the struggle bus for real, trying to do what you can do without blinking an eye. And I forget that all the time. Um, I write just because it's it's what I do. It's who I am. Like, I just like to write. I love words. We talked about this. I love words. And the way that they come together is like something that brings excitement to, to my life. It brings joy to me. And everyone does not feel that way. A lot of people have serious anxiety about having to have conversations, having to present, having to, um, you know, write and put their thoughts on paper or share their thoughts with other people. And so I forget that. So anyway, all of this to say, someone called me a comms guru and it made me chuckle because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's extreme, but okay. Um, and so she said, oh, and she makes magic happen. And so then someone else was like, oh, magic. Okay, I'm going to call you magic. And it just was one of those moments where I'm like, <laughs> we go around saying black girl magic. Like it's a life mantra, right? Like we say it all the time. We have it on t-shirts. There's like, it's, you know, a Twitter hashtag. We tout black girl magic. But have you ever really just referred to yourself as magic? Like for real, for real? 
like your magic. And then it makes you think about like, what does the word magic mean? Um, and it's like this, this thing that this mystery that's unexplained um, and you don't know necessarily how it all comes together but when you see it it elicits like this this um, it invokes this feeling in you that is it's wonderful and marvelous and um, you know it's just it's like wow right it's phenomenal and yeah I just I'm like rambling and I get that, but um, I had that moment this week and it was funny because it's like, I mean, I say black girl magic and, you know, black woman dopeness and all of that, but do you really go around thinking you're magic? <laughs> so I've been in meetings where um, I was talked about in ways that made me blush because as dope as I think I am. I still find myself struggling and feeling uncomfortable when others affirm that in me. And I've been thinking about that um, because it's like, well, why? Why is that something that you would that would make you feel uncomfortable? So if this is you, if I am describing you, go ahead and nod your head. You know, raise your hand. Ain't nobody looking. Can't nobody see you unless you in the car listening to the podcast, in which case that means you ain't drinking whiskey or wine or tea, so you're you're doing life all wrong. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, but I, yeah, if this is you, you know, go ahead and have a moment of acknowledgement that this is also something you struggle with. Because I think we need to really interrogate why it is we struggle with people affirming like the dopeness that we we operate in, that we walk through life with. Um, because we can talk about it ourselves, usually, you know, like, I don't have a problem talking to my friends about, like, the things I do. It's like, oh, yeah, I do this. I think the problem for me or the challenge for me is that I don't necessarily see them as dope. Other people will tell me they're dope, but it gets back to that whole thing. This is just what I do. Like, I just do these things, and it comes natural, and I enjoy it. So I put my all into it. So then, yeah, it's going to turn out right. Anything that you invest time, energy, and effort into, you know, you give your talent, your treasure, your time, it is going to, theoretically, <laughs> turn out awesome because you've invested into it, especially if it's something you're gifted at. Um so another example, I was having a conversation today, actually, um, about some of the things that I have done um, over the course of my career as a journalist and writer and um, lover of technology, education enthusiast, all of those things that I have been so privileged to do in various uh, roles that I've had, and I like, I have had a lot of interaction with celebrities. And this is not, like, bragging or anything. But, uh, I mean, I did get to interview Oprah once, which, you know, that was dope. Now, the real dopeness will come when she interviews me. Like, when we sit down and have a full-on conversation, the day that happens, someone is going to have to be present to, like, for the sole purpose of picking me up off the floor and giving me some water and fanning me so I can collect myself because I would have like completely like died if that happened. Um, but anyway, 
So we were talking about um, some of the things that I um, have been doing over the course of my career. And, you know, like I've interacted with a lot of celebrities. I've done a lot of um, interviews of celebrities. I've written content for celebrities. I've um, interviewed um well, I didn't get to interview Michelle Obama, but she used my interview questions. Like she selected the questions that I wrote. So really she had the interview that I wanted to have with her. She just had it with someone else and you know, whatever, that's fine. That's life. <laughs> but I was just kind of talking about that. And I think because for me, it was just part of my job. I didn't really have moments where I would just sit back and be like, yo, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> like That was dope as fuck. Um, I don't do that for myself very often. Um, I I feel like I celebrate my wins and my successes pretty well. Um, at least I like to tell myself that. And I think what I have found in the last couple of weeks is that I still have um, areas to grow. <laughs> and that's a part of life, right? Like we always want to be in a position where we are growing and learning. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I want to talk to you guys about that today. Um, when I was forced to sit and listen to someone else talk about how they saw me through their eyes, I had to just kind of pause and be like, yes, girl, you, that's you. Like, they're talking about you. Um, and figure out, like, how can I be more comfortable in owning that in those spaces? Um, and, yeah, like, so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to just dive into it. Um, I've told you before that I am a person who loves change. I seek out opportunities to grow. I like to stretch because I believe that you can't actually confess to living if you've stopped learning. That's a personal belief for me. Um, it's like core to who I am. I consider myself to be a lifelong learner because living and learning um, are like synonymous to me. <laughs> Um, and the, the day you stop learning is the day you stop living. And I mean, those are not my words, so I cannot take credit for them. But like I said, that is core to my personal belief system. Um, but change is hard. Change and growth is hard. Stretching is hard. <laughs> and um, it requires for you if you put yourself in a position to grow and stretch, it really requires for you to give yourself um, grace. Like you just really have to be gracious with yourself. So I've been having um, struggles <laughs> with my energy levels the last couple of weeks. I've been tired. I have been so incredibly tired and I've been like trying to figure out like why are you so tired and I'm looking at you know I'm like just kind of like you haven't you haven't been to the gym the way you're supposed to in the last you know month I have three classes that I'm supposed to go to 
every week, two spin classes and a Zumba class. Um, I haven't even worked dance back into it yet. I mean, I have dance practice for like the dance team, but I actually haven't even been to my ballet or hip hop class in, uh, I don't even know how long. So I'm, we're, we're talking about three fitness classes a week. And then I have like the other things that I do. And even with the fitness classes, it's not like I make all three each week because honestly, I might have a meeting on Monday this week so I can do Wednesday, Thursday. And then the next week I might have a meeting on Wednesday so I have Monday, Thursday. And then the following week I might have something on Thursday so I got Monday, Wednesday. I never get all three at once. Like if I do, like the trifecta of life would have come together and that's like nirvana, right? So I'm barely getting into a week anyway. And the last couple of weeks, I can't say that I got in any. So I'm just like, why are you so tired? And I was talking to my friends about this and they were like, Narisha, girl, what do you mean? Why are you tired? Like you're adjusting to a whole new life right now. You don't think that that has anything to do with you being tired? And I had to think about that. So y'all know that your girl thinks she's a superhero. And I, just like I forget to breathe, sometimes I forget I'm human. <laughs> um, legit. Because I feel like an energizer bunny most days. I can just keep going. And I say this not in a way to um, like champion not resting. I value self-care. I take care of myself usually very well. Um, so, you know, getting rest, um, having my, my, you know, physical activities that I do, um, spending time in nature, journaling, meditating, all of those things. Like I have a life practice of treating myself well. So it's in seasons where things are incredibly busy, incredibly stressful that I tend to fall off the wagon. But because I have this life practice, I'm going to find ways to work it in. And so that might be, you know, a luxurious bubble bath that I have um, in the middle of the week because I just need time to just like disconnect from everything and everyone um, or it could be me going outside taking my shoes off and sitting on the ground and letting my body connect to earth um, so that I can recharge that way it's me sitting in the sun and letting the sun recharge me like I do all kinds of things I find ways throughout the day to make sure that I'm caring for myself well um, you know Breathing would help a whole lot, but that's a different story. Um, so it's not that I've been neglecting myself. What I think that I just really have not taken into account is all the transitions that have happened and like the toll that that actually takes on you. I have to drive now. So for the last seven years, I have pretty much been a bus commuter. I walk outside my house to the bus stop, I get on the bus, and I have whatever the commute is that day, 30 to 45 minutes, depending on traffic, um, I have time to read 
or listen to podcasts or do a devotional or, you know, whatever. But it was my, like, I did not have to focus on the foods that were uh, driving around me because I wasn't driving. It was just, you know, an opportunity for me to get in some personal time. Now I'm driving. And if you've ever driven with me, for the people who know me, I don't think most people know how to drive. And cars come with horns, and I believe in using my horn, which is interesting because in Seattle, people are horn adverse, and I don't understand. Guess what I'm not about to do? Sit behind your dumb behind while the light changes and you ain't paying attention. And so then we're sitting there through the entire light. And in Seattle, people will just sit there and like not do anything. But I ain't from Seattle. I'm from Kansas City. You gonna get the horn. And if you sit there long enough, you gonna get the long horn. I don't play them games. So stress. Like you can just hear it, right? You can hear it rising up as I'm talking about this. Um, the commute, like there's construction on the route that I take and you never know from day to day if you're going to get stuck behind, you know, a dump truck or a tractor or whatever <laughs> coming off of the construction site and, you know, they stop traffic. Um, or there's pedestrians because they, they exist when you're in the car. My personal favorite is cyclists because even though they're supposed to follow the rules of the world, they don't, but then they expect you to be able to anticipate when they're going to break those rules and jump in and out of traffic and I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not able, okay? I'm not able. So commuting is actually quite stressful for me. And I know this about myself, but I did not factor that into what that was going to do to me to have to drive to and from work every day. And I know most people do this without thinking about it because that's how they exist in the world. I haven't had to do that for the past seven years. I drop, you know, I would drive occasionally if I had meetings after work or, you know, needed to do something. But for the most part, Monday through Friday, I was on a bus, minding my own business while someone else did the chauffeuring of me, you know? So, and I like being chauffeured because a little tidbit about me, I actually hate driving. Um, I'm not opposed to self-driving cars. Like, you know, as long as they can figure out how not to, to kill people, um, I, I'm not opposed. Oh, and then there's also Skynet. So, like, when they take over, I don't want to get trapped. But technically, that can happen now because cars are computers and they can be hacked. And so, anyway, this is spiraling down a very dark road. So, I'm going to stop. But the point is, I don't like driving. And so, commuting is stressful for me. I didn't think about the impact that that would have on how I was feeling as part of this transition. Um, I also am learning a new language. So not a literal language, <laughs> um, but you know, I work for a new company. They have a new way of talking. They have all, like, they call it alphabet soup because they love them some acronyms. And it's like there is some kind of un, 
written unspoken contest to see who can throw the most acronyms in one conversation. Um, and yeah, your girl is struggling to keep up with some of these. It's like, I have a glossary, but you know, you can't just like pause. Let me pull up my glossary so I can know what you're talking about. Can't do that in the middle of conversation. So that is exhausting. The amount of information that I am trying to retain on a daily basis so that I can be functional <laughs> in conversations. <sighs> I mean, my, my head is big. I have a big head, which by virtue means I have a large brain. I mean, that's just kind of how that works. Um, don't argue with me about that. Just accept that as truth. And so I know the capacity to store massive amounts of information is there. And there's also this weird thing about me that like, I just randomly memorize all kinds of things. Not intentionally, it just kind of happens. I'm one of those people who can see a movie once and have memorized most of the movie. Um, after just one viewing. And so then when I go see it again, because yes, I do like watching movies over and over again. Um, I can probably quote a lot of the movie. Might not have the timing right um, or even the dialogue just right. But the gist of it is locked in after the first viewing. Um, I have been this way my entire life. And so I can recall all kinds of information. Um, but you know the thing about memory and stress? You had you lose um, parts of your short-term memory when you're in heightened stressful situations. I can't talk, um, and so I am struggling to remember things because there's this heightened sense of stress that is a part of transition and change, right? Like it's not even a bad thing because not all stress is bad. Um, stress is just like stimuli, right? Like your reaction to stimuli. Um, and there are things that happen physically in your body. There's biological things that are, you know, triggered when you are reacting to stimuli. And so heightened, you know, heart rates um, are very common for people who are under stress. And like, this is good stress and bad stress. Like winning an award, great stress. Waiting for the moment where they call your name, <laughs> hella stressful, right? But like, this is all, like, this is a good thing that's happening. Like you're, you know, getting recognition. So stress is not always bad. Um, and I think that a lot of times we think that we always attribute it to something negative. But the thing is, is that no matter what the, the cause of the stress, um, whether it's it's a good thing, bad thing, whatever, it's still having a reaction um, in your body. And those things have, like, you have to address those things. Um, so the whole trying to remember, like, all this information, uh, I've taken so many trainings and so many classes. Like, it's just, it's a lot, right? And so that is happening. Um, and so as you can imagine, trying to retain that kind of information when everything is new, literally everything is brand new for you. Um, that's, that's tiring. That's exhausting. So now I'm driving every day twice <laughs> in rush hour traffic and I'm trying to remember a ton of information. One that I, um, this is something that comes natural for me. I connect to people. I am a natural connector. 
but I also am very awkward and, um, you know, I connected to Issa because awkward black girl was like speaking my life in ways that very few people had ever acknowledged before. I am awkward. I'm not socially awkward. I know how to, you know, be social, make friends, you know, whatever, but I'm just in general awkward. Um, there are certain things where I'm just like, ah, that it doesn't come natural to me for connection. And so, um, learning new people and learning, um, I'm observant. And so I can sit back, be very quiet and learn by watching and observing and then use the, all the data that I'm collecting to interact with you. That's, typically how I operate. I observe first. I don't just jump in. Um, but you know, when you start a new job, like you are forced to jump in. So I can do that because it's part, like it's required, but that's also exhausting. Like that adds on, you know, levels of stress, right? And so um, that's another thing to add to the list of what is causing Narisha to be so freaking tired right now? <laughs> um, and that's just like, those are just a few things that have come up. Um, and so, again, giving yourself grace as you're in seasons of growing and stretching and just remembering like when something is new, if if there's change, if there's transition, something is new, then you have all these additional stimuli that are impacting every part of who you are. Um, you know, you go through, like, it just brings up all kinds of things, which, you know, ties into this whole thing. Yes, girl, you, they're talking about you, stand in it. Um, and I have to think about that as, you know, I, I go back to that moment where I'm sitting in this meeting and I'm being talked about in ways that, again, are like making me blush because I'm like, yeah. And, and those were not things that I was going to say about myself. In fact, I did not say them about myself when I introduced myself because like to me, they're no big deal. It's just like, yeah, yeah. You know, these are things that I've done. Like I've had some really cool opportunities and I've enjoyed them and made the book, you know, the most of them. Like they were very cool. I'm very excited that I got to do them. Yes, they're huge parts of, of my life and of who I am and all of that. Um, but it's not something that I just readily just throw out there. And, you know, clearly I should. I get it. Um, but the whole experience of being in that moment and being aware of how I was feeling in that moment. I just know that this is something that comes up so much, especially for uh, black professionals and people of color in environments where there aren't that many other people who look like them. Um, there is this whole thing, you know, around imposter syndrome, and you have to kind of fight this notion that you don't really belong in the rooms that you're in. You feel like someone made a mistake. Um, they don't really know who you are. And like, 
they, you know, but if you don't live up to expectations and they're going to find out very quickly that they made the wrong choice. And like, there's all these things that, um, like I said, particularly uh, black people, people of color deal with. And a lot of people aren't even aware that this stuff is going on in your head. And I never really thought of myself as being a person who had imposter syndrome. Like I feel very clear about who I am, what I'm good at. Um, I'm very aware at where I'm lacking, like where the gaps are in my strengths and you know, all of that. Um, so I'm aware of that. I play to my strengths like most people do. Um, but you know, again, the whole thing about me being a lifelong learner, like if I don't know something I and I need to know it, trust and believe I'm signed up for somebody's class, whether it's a free class or one that I have to pay for. I'm taking a class to learn. I'm doing my Googles. I'm out here on the Internet figuring out what I need to know. Um, and so I'm going to do that for all those places that, you know, I'm not as strong. And so because of that, like, I don't think necessarily that I experience imposter syndrome. What I think um, is something that like kind of comes up for me is just not fully owning the awesomeness of the things that I have done, of the experiences that I've had, um, and kind of discrediting them as if they aren't as big as they are. And again, because it's just something that I do, and I just happen to be good at. And so that's like a, a matter of placing value on for yourself, um, right? On what your skill is. And I think we can struggle with this because of we start looking at like compensation um, in the workplace, right? There are certain skills and talents that are so valuable to to business, um, but they're just not valued as much. And so you think about, you know, the, the career fields that, um, you know, huge numbers of, of African-American, Black people, y'all know I say Black, I'm Black. Um, and the fields that we tend to gravitate towards, um, education, social services, um, all of those kind of you know, humanity, social um, areas, because we, as a collective, tend to act out of purpose um, and impact. Like, we feel responsible for our community because that's who we are. And I think that is so beautiful and so dope. Um, and it's something that I am so proud to be a part of for that to be our heritage. Um, that is, that's, it, it just fills me with pride, seriously. But then you look at how those things are valued in the workplace. Teachers have the most important job on the entire fucking planet. And they have the least amount of respect when it comes to income. And that makes absolutely no sense right and so you start thinking that in this world you know this this capitalistic world that we live in um that places value 
on people based on dollar amount and, you know, we commodify people. And so you start thinking that what you contribute is not as important because of the dollar amount that is ascribed to your gifting, your, you know, what you contribute. And I think we do that so much um, in so many ways where it's not necessarily, oh, this is a paycheck that I'm collecting, but it's just in how we tend to value what we bring to the table. Um, so for people who are naturally gifted at administration, um, keeping schedules, coordinating things, planning events, being extremely detail-oriented so that other people's lives function at the optimal level, you know, that is a skill. That is a talent. That is a gift. And yet we just pretend like it's not a big deal. Like, for oh, I mean, that's not a big deal. Like, you just, you know, you use the calendar, right? Like, we diminish so many different gifts. Um, and then we elevate others as if they're not equal in value um, in what they contribute. Because at the end of the day, they're all important. And so I think that when I kind of reflect on um, how I felt in that moment of hearing someone talk about me and the, you know, the things that I've done, the experiences that I've had, um, the knowledge that I have, um, yeah, it was just it was it was a little surreal because I don't talk about myself that way. <laughs> and it's like, but yes, girl, why ain't you talking about yourself that way? Um, because I certainly celebrate the hell out of all of my people. Like my girls know that I'm like I'm gonna be your biggest hype man. Like seriously, if you do something and it don't even have to be all that. Like, you can be saying, like, oh, girl, this ain't all that. Like, I'm going to be doing all kinds of stuff um, on your behalf because I want to celebrate you. And I think we need to get to a place where we have that same reaction for what we do. Like, the way you celebrate the people around you, keep that same energy when it's time to celebrate you. And then I want you to ask yourself, if that feels impossible, why does it feel impossible? Why does it feel so hard for you to be able to celebrate you in that way? Why is it hard for you to sit in a room and have others talk about, you know, your dopeness um, and you get squirmy in your seat and you're not comfortable with it? You know, why is that? What does that bring up for you? Um, and just kind of spend some time thinking about that. Because I really believe that it's time for us to own all of who we are. It's time for us to see ourselves in the proper way, right? Like to see rightly. When you look at yourself in the mirror, see yourself rightly. Y'all know that I am a woman of faith. Um, I am a believer. See, I'm always going to say, see yourself the way God sees you, um, which is worthy, which is absolutely worth uh, dying for, sacrificing for, 
um, which is through the eyes of uncompromising love, <laughs> pride, and joy. Um, yeah, like look at yourself that way. Like walk into a mirror and look at yourself and be like, yes, girl, you, you are the shit. And like believe it. And if you don't believe it the first time or the second time or the 10th time, keep saying it until you believe it. And then when other people say it, stand in it. Stand tall in it. Stand in it and own it. Because this is something that like I, yeah, I just did not realize that this is actually a struggle for me. Um to ascribe the proper value to what I actually, uh, what I do and how I do it and how uniquely I do it. Um, Cause I ain't the only writer in the world, obviously. I'm not the only storyteller. There's tons of people, you know, millions <laughs> um, that are gifted with words. Um, but I am the only one that has my perspective cause I'm the only me on this planet. Last time I checked, um, I was not cloned, as far as I know. And so it's just me. And that's the same for you. It's just you. It is just you. But another thing that I realized um, has come up, it's so funny, insecurities. So timing around this is hilarious because, um, as I said, I have been extremely tired. Like, zapped of most energy by the end of the day and that means that I have done very little of the social things that I typically do um or just kind of like the unwinding things like watching you know my favorite shows or catching up on my favorite blogs or uh, podcasts all those things right like I'm completely um behind on my consumption of pop culture so I'm just gonna like say that even news really like I've read very little about what's happening in this here country of ours that is being run by Cheeto Satan so I don't even know all of what's going on but I know that Aisha Curry was on the red tabletop and she talked about her insecurities and I saw a little bit of the reaction to her owning her insecurities um, and talking about them and I just thought wow like we are so insecure that we can't let other people talk about how insecure they are because it brings up our own insecurities and then we have to react to it and usually when we are feeling insecure Fight or flight. Like, your reactions when you feel threatened, fight or flight. And feeling any sense of insecurity um, is a threat, <laughs> right? And so you either attack or you run. And I watched people, like, attack her online. And, and in summary, because your girl ain't had time to read all of that. So I just, you know, read a couple of little pieces here and there, um, saw a couple of tweets from some of my favorite people. And, um, and then I saw, you know, I follow her on Instagram. So I saw her, her post, uh, where she talked about, you know, how she doesn't take it back. She's 
you know, doesn't apologize for it. And I thought, like, that's super dope. Like, stand in it. Because we are all insecure in all kinds of ways. And it comes up at different times. And it, you know, it manifests in very different ways. Um, but we all experience it. Because we have a, we have this innate need to belong. That is part of what makes us human. And me, even in my desire to be superhuman, um, I still want to belong, right? Like superheroes still have a league. There's the Justice League. There's the Avengers. There's the X-Men. You know, we want to belong. <laughs> no one wants to be blind solo. Like we always want to be part of community and that means being accepted and so um when we feel insecure there's a threat to our belonging there's a threat to our acceptance and um one of the things that i've recognized um is when we are in places of transition, when we're change, you know, going through change and we're we're learning new things, um, we're in new environments, like we have these moments where we have to fight against our feelings of insecurity. Um, so I am a high achiever. You probably have you know recognized this about me. Um, I just I like to achieve things, and it doesn't have to be like these super you know like. Uh, career goals rally. I want to be running a Fortune 500 company. No, that not me. But I I like to achieve things. I like to check things off of my to do list. I like to see that I've completed things. Um, if I start something, I really want to be able to complete it. That's important to me, and. I tend to manage all of the many things that I juggle, um, you know, with extensive project plans because that's just how I live my life. <laughs> I I think I told you I'm a planner. I am absolutely a planner. Um, I like to have structures and things in place because I feel like when I have those structures, it allows me then to have the creative freedom to do the things that I want to do and express myself in the ways that I want to express myself. So starting something new, like there's no structures, right? Like they all have to be put into place. And um, so that means that there's a lot of learning. And, you know, when you're learning things on your own for fun, that's one thing, right? But when it's part of like this high stakes experience, you know, where it's like, it's imperative that you learn this because you have to now action on it. Um, and so the, the shorter, the, the learning curve, the better, or the faster, the adoption <laughs> of the knowledge, <laughs> the better. Um, and that causes again, like stress, heightened stress, right? Like, can I learn this fast enough so that I can actually go and do what I am supposed to be doing? Um, and so when the answer is no, or uh, you kind of got it, but not quite there, right? And so then there's like this acknowledgement, okay, this is kind of a fail. <laughs> and failing is good. Failing is not bad. But we all know that in that initial moment of realizing that you failed something, you ain't feeling all good about it, okay? You're feeling like crap because... You didn't want to fail. Like, you don't just set out to fail. Um, obviously, nothing is really a failure unless you quit, right? Like, unless you didn't learn from it and grow from it. Then, yeah, it's a failure because it, it took you out. But usually, you do something, you do it badly, 
you take an honest look at what you did wrong. <laughs> you make adjustments, you learn. And so then the next time it's improved. And that's just life. Like we would not be adults if we didn't go through that process over and over and over and over again. Um, so take a moment to pat yourself on the back. Um, toot your horn. Beep, beep. Because you have successfully been doing that. Learning from your failures, picking yourself up, and moving forward. Um, for a long time, depending on how old you are, y'all know I'm 40. Um, so, yeah, you've been doing that. And hopefully it's gotten easier and you've gotten better at it over the years. Um, obviously, the bigger the stakes, the harder it is for you to kind of like, like, like get over it, let go of it. Um, and so I find myself still having moments where I'm like, how did you mess that up? Like, how did you do that? Um, but you know, it goes back to the grace. Like you have to give yourself grace because yep, you, you messed it up. But what did you learn in this process so that you could not do that thing again? Um, that is the stage that I am in right now, where as I am learning new people, learning how they work, learning um, what their words mean, because you can interpret something one way and the person means it in a completely different way. And because you don't know them, you don't know that you didn't interpret that correctly until you deliver and it's not what they want. And then it's like, oh, okay huh, got it, right? But you have to be solid enough um, that you can say, oh, okay, got it, and then move on. And I think that for a lot of us, we have those moments and it just takes us out. It's like, oh my God, I did this wrong and <sighs> I don't know what to do. Like, I can't move on. Like, we do that and we have to stop. We have to stop doing that. So I want you to, so you've, you've taken some time to think about how you respond when people are doting on you, like how comfortable you feel in that moment. Uh, what kind of happens to you physically? What physical reactions do you have when someone is talking about how dope you are? And can you, you know, can you receive it? Can you stand in it? Um, so you kind of did some time, have some time to interrogate that. Now I want you to think about um, what happens to you when you feel insecure. What are the, the things that come up? Like how do you show up in those spaces when you feel insecure? And how quickly do you move from that reaction to being like, you know what? Okay, this is cool. I'm good. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. And we're going to move forward. How quickly do you make that adjustment? So I've been thinking about this for myself personally because there was something that happened um, last week. Thankfully, no one noticed <laughs> the reaction that I had, um, but it was kind of intense for me. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> because I don't like, yeah, it was crazy. And um, I was talking to my friends about it and we just kind of like talked a little bit about, you know, that insecurity. 
how do you show up when you feel insecure? You feel threatened. A lot of times we feel threatened and then we want to lash out. It's like, well, I didn't know or it's not my fault or, you know, like we want to defend ourselves and protect ourselves um, at all costs. And that is a natural reaction. I'm not saying it's wrong. It is a natural reaction. I think for me personally, I want to, I want my natural reaction to be to pause when I start feeling it. So to not speak on it immediately, right? Where my first thing is I have to defend myself with my words, right? I want to be able to breathe. <laughs> Breathe, girl, breathe. I want to be able to breathe, take a pause, and acknowledge I feel insecure right now. Why do I feel insecure? What were the words or the actions that caused me to have this reaction right now? And what am I going to do about it? Because then you have to start asking yourself, is what was said about me true? Do I believe that to be true? Is it accurate of what I delivered? Because if it's accurate for what I delivered, then I shouldn't feel insecure about that. I should feel like, okay, this is an accurate representation of what I did. How do I fix it? What do I need to do to be better? That's the conversation I want to have with myself. Um, I'm not there yet. But like I said, this is the conversation I want to have with myself. This is where I want to be. Um, I want to be in a place where when I start feeling insecure about something, then I can cause myself to pause and interrogate it. Because ultimately, we want to be better. And I honestly believe that most people that we're in interacting with also want the best for us. Like I don't believe that the vast majority of people wish you harm. So it's like in the, the five, four agreements, the four agreements. Assume good intent. Like people, I mean, we're people. We mess up all the time. Like we can suck a whole lot because we're all dealing with all kinds of things all at the same time, right? Like all these stresses that you're walking around with you're not doing that solo. You're not doing that in isolation. Other people are walking around with those same stresses, sometimes more. You just never know what people's realities are like when they step away from you, when they're not in your presence. You don't know the self-talk that they have to deal with. You don't know the family situations that they're dealing with. You don't know the, the co-worker situations that they're dealing with. You don't know, uh, you know, all the life struggles that people carry with them because that's like, that is all a part of who you encounter when you connect with people. You're getting all of that. They're carrying it in some way and it manifests in some way. And so when you think about that, like we can all be walking around completely damaged, completely insecure. Um, completely heightened, stressed out, like all the time. And so the slightest thing can be misinterpreted um, all kinds of ways. And so you just kind of have to, to pause and breathe and ask yourself, why do I feel insecure about what was said or done? 
And is it true? Is it true? Is it true of who I am? Is it true of what I did? And and then you have to ask yourself, like, is this the experience that I want to be having? Because if it's not, that could be an indicator that there's some change that needs to happen. There's some adjustments that need to be made. Like, I don't know about you, but I know when I don't do my best. And you know what? It is impossible. I want to say this. It is humanly impossible for you to give 100% to everything all the time. And so if you are walking around this life believing that you can give your best every single time to every single person, you are wrong. (laughs) And you need to get free from that immediately. Um, Go ahead and hit me up when you hear this comment. Um, You can uh, send me an email at the this is 40 podcast at sunlessinseattle.com. I am so curious to hear what you're thinking. Um, Do you struggle with being able to have other people recognize your dopeness um, and you receive it? Or are you like, yeah, girl, that is me. You right. (laughs) What else you got to say? (laughs) Um, No, but for real, it has been a very wild ride the last four weeks. Um, I am so excited about all the new opportunities and possibilities. I am also exhausted and I am really looking forward to, um, you know, being on the other side of the journey of adjusting, right? Like that when you're no longer new (laughs) and it's just something that you've settled into, um, you know, you have your routine, you have, you have your bearings, you, you know, you feel comfortable in what you're doing. You know who to go to for help. You know the language. Like, all of those things. Like, I'm looking forward to being in that place. Um, but I have to say that there is so much value in the journey of the process. Like, how you get from point A to point B, so much value there. So don't rush it. Like live into that journey fully. Embrace it because who you become through that process is just like phenomenal um, if you embrace it, if you yield to it. All right. So I really need to go to bed because tired. (laughs) It me. I tired. Um, But it was so great to be able to connect with you guys this week. Um, I have missed you. I have missed you so much. Um, But you know, life happens and this is this is where we are. This is the season. And as I get more adjusted, I fully trust that there will be a more regular routine. And part of that is me talking to you guys and hearing from you and sharing with you and growing with you. Um, it is one of my joys. 
So thank you so much for tuning in and being a regular listener. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. I hopefully will see you back again next week for another episode of the This Is 40 podcast. Until then, have a fabulous week and happy Mother's Day to all the moms, mom figures, aunties who fill in for moms or who support moms, the surrogate moms, um, the adopted moms, like all the different classifications of mommyhood. Happy Mother's Day. Mm -hmm.